This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we're talking about love, we're talking about relationships, and, uh, you know, uh, the world does it one way, but hopefully Christians do it another way. Amen? And uh, the world's love is based on selfishness and uh, self-centeredness, and hopefully our love's not based on that. And we've been looking at Romans 12, too, and, and it says this in the New Living Translation, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So I'm going to say this, that if you're going to walk in the love of God, you're going to have to really get a revelation of, you know, how much God loves you. And, um, you know, that is, is the key. We got to get a revelation and that God is a good God. Amen. And I, I, I like going over this, some of the points, because I forget. Anybody ever forget that God's a good God? Because anytime you go through a trial, anytime you're going through any kind of problem, anytime you're going through an issue, uh, the enemy will always try to make you think that God is not good. Amen. Some people say, you know, if God was so loving, why is there, where, why is there so much you know, bad in the world? Well, God's not running this world system. Amen. You know who's running it? The devil. You know, God's not running the news. He's not running the TVs. He's the, the TV networks. He's not, he's not behind all the movies that are coming out. Amen. Amen. Who's behind it? Man. Amen. So we have to do something. We have to, we have to walk in love. We have to submit to God. Amen. And I like this, uh, uh, this definition of the Lord in Psalms 145, 8, 9. It says, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, Slow to anger, great in mercy, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. I'm going to remind you today that God's tender mercies are over you today. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? His tender mercies are over your children that you're believing that's going to come into the kingdom of God. You need to start every time the enemy starts... Bringing your, your children up. You say, thank you, God. Your tender mercies are over their life. Amen. Amen. And so we have, to, we have to get a revelation of that. I love the golden text of the Bible, which is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I love that. In other words, Jesus said, I came that you may have the abundant life. In other words, there shouldn't be any depressed Christians out here. Hallelujah. None of us should be down or depressed. None of us should be having a pity party. Why? Because our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We have the life of God on the inside of us. We have the greater one causing us to overcome. Yes, Jesus said, in this life you will have troubles. But he he said, be full of fear. No, he didn't say that. He said, be of good cheer. Somebody say, be a good cheer. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pump you up this morning. We need to get full of God, amen? And when you get full of God, you're going to get full of joy and you're going to get full of peace, glory to God. 
But I love the second part. I love John 3, 18. I love this part because this is great because my message today is about being uh, a, a witness for God, uh, being an influence, a godly influence. And I really believe that all these messages is going to is culminating to the fact that God wants us representing him. He wants us building the kingdom of God. Do you believe that today? And that second part uh, in verse 18, it says God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. God's not looking to condemn us, but that the world might be saved. In other words, we're not out here to condemn people. We're out here to bring people closer to God. Amen on that. I love I love Jesus because, you know, Jesus wasn't, hang- you know, it's funny. Jesus wasn't hanging out with all the religious people. I mean, with all the uh, religious people like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know the, why the Sadducees were sad, right? Sadducee. They didn't believe in the resurrection. That's the reason why they were sad. But uh, but Jesus hung out with the man. This is a tough crowd today. Jesus, Jesus hung out with the prostitutes with, with, the, with the people that the society thought were throwaway people. And, and why did Jesus do that? Because he knew that they had potential and that, God, that Jesus loved them. And, and Jesus loved them through their problem to the promise. And we're going to have to love people no matter what, how they act. Love them through their problems to the promise. Can I get an Amen. Does anybody have any problems? Well, don't raise your hand today. I could raise both hands. And so we know that Jesus represented God. And, I, and one of my favorite scriptures is in, in John uh, or in Acts 10, 38, how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Glory to God. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What does God want us to do? He wants us going out doing good. He wants us praying for the sick. He wants us being a blessing. I'm telling you, he blesses us so we can be a blessing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then I like that second part uh, that, that I preached on is that when we're walking in love, we're walking in uncommon commitment. In other words, my definition of uncommon commitment in our love walk is that if we're walking love, love does not give up. Amen. We're, there's no quitter. Listen, you're not a quitter in Jesus name. Amen. If Jesus are, is in the inside of you, you don't quit. Amen. I can't quit. Why? Because Jesus is in me. He never quit. He, he, he felt like it in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to talk about that today. But he did not quit. He pressed through. And if you're going to see some things in God, if you're going to see your children come back, you've got to keep standing for them. The Bible says when you stand, we've done all stand and keep standing. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. That's the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Read that if you're, if you're lacking walking in the agape kind of love. Amen. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, the New Living Translation says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So listen, in another translation says, Love never fails. So you can't go wrong by walking in the love 
of God. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says this way. So let not get tired of doing what is good and just and at the right time. We'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those that are in the family of faith. Uh, The next thing we talked about, and I'm just kind of recapping this real quick, trying to get through it in a few few minutes, is that if we're going to walk in love and we're going to walk in the God kind of love, amen, if we're going to be dominated by love, we, we need to make sure that our words are dominated by love. We need to make sure that we're speaking the right things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, so many sins are through our tongues. Amen. In other words, one person wrote a book hung by the tongue. And everything that we have today and what we're dealing with in in our life today, a, a lot of it has to do with our words that we spoke yesterday. Your words are containers and they're either containing life or death. Your words are keys to to you uh, either moving forward or it's a key to you going backwards in this life. And we got to get a revelation how powerful our words are. In James one twenty six, it says uh, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Ooh, that's pretty strong. In other words, what, what, what James, which was the half-brother of Jesus, was saying, he was saying, if you can't learn to control your tongue, amen, then, then your Christian faith can end up being worthless. You know, one person says that, that, that the Christian faith is called the great confession. Jesus is, is called the high priest of our confession, in other words, what we, what we speak out of our mouths, hopefully we're speaking God's promises out of our mouths. Anybody do that out here? Speak God's promises? Amen. You need to start speaking the promises of God. And when he does, our high priest enforces the promises of God's word. This is really powerful. I found this. You guys probably never heard this scripture before. But in Psalms 109, verse 17... It says this, it says, as he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. Can I say that again? As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. You could take, what it's saying is that, that, that if negative things are coming out of our mouths, that's what it's going to come back to us. And if we're not blessing, then we're not going to. In other words, if we're not blessing, the day, we need to be blessers in here. You need to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will grumble and complain. No, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You need to start confessing that this day is going to be good. You need to start confessing uh, blessings over your family, that God is moving. You need to start Start blessing out of your mouth instead of cursing out of your mouth. And I love this because because it's saying this as he loved cursing. You could turn around as he loved blessing. So let it come to him. I'm just turning it around, uh, inverting the truth. Uh, This this, you could say it this way as he loved blessing. So let it come on him as he did not delight in cursing. So let it be far from him. So you could actually say it that way. 
So in other words, that if we got to be very careful that we're not speaking what is, we're not speaking the circumstances, we're speak, we're calling those things that be not as though they were. In other words, you may be flat broke this morning, but call, don't call yourself poverty stricken. Call yourself a prosperity person. Amen. I love what it says in John, uh, third John two. It said, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Amen. And then last week we talked about, you know, that if we're going to walk in the love of God, if we're going to be a godly influence, we need to we need to understand the power of unity, the power of unity. And see, that's where the commanded blessing is, is in unity. And Amos says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So so the opposite of unity is division. And so what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to divide us. He's trying to get us against one another. He's trying to get us speaking against one another. He's trying to get us focusing on the negative. No, we need to focus on the positive. So he's trying to so the enemy's trying to try to put some division in us. And how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? Listen, husbands and wives, find something you can agree on. Pray and stand in agreement and believe God. Amen. There's power in agreement. That's the reason why, you know, people that uh, are religious, they buy into some ideas that 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 the Bible does not back up. And some some people believe that healing's not for today. And but the Bible says healing is for today. But God's not going to go against how you believe. In other words, we got to take God's side. I'm not going to take some theologian's side that never dealt with sickness, that never dealt with anything, that didn't need healing. No, I'm going to deal with somebody that's been healed from the word of God. Do you believe that God is still healing today? I believe that. So we want to side on that. And we got to believe that God is working. I believe that God is prospering people Today, glory to God. God is setting people free today, glory to God. He's not the God of I was. He's the God of I am. And God's not, he's not just a God that did something yesterday for you. If God did something yesterday for you, he will do it again. If he set you free, if he done something in the past, he can do it. Today, do you believe that today? God is the now God that we serve. He's the God of the now. I love what faith is. Faith is always in the now. So, so in Ephesians four thirteen it says, uh, "There's a prayer that says, until we all come into the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God." to a perfect man, to a measure of statue of the fullness of Christ. So Paul was saying that one of the prayers that we need to pray is that the body of Christ comes into unity. Amen. We don't need to be fighting each other. We need to be standing with each other. You know, we don't need to be talking about our brothers and sisters in another denomination. They may have it more right in some areas than we do. Hello. We just need to pray for our brothers and sisters. We need to believe that they're going to go to the next level. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So the title of this message is Love the Power of Influence. Because God wants us to be an influence. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God is God wants us to influence people for the kingdom of God? The enemy delights and works against us. Uh, and he wants us to be a bad influence. 
But God wants us to be a good influence. You believe that today? And what shuts down our influence? What can shut down our godly influence? I really believe this. Jesus said this way. It's impossible that offenses uh, will not will not come. In other words, it's impossible that offense. In other words, Jesus was saying that offenses will come to everybody. And what's going to shut down our, our godly communication? What's going to shut down us being a godly influence? Uh, what shuts us down is, is that when we get offended or when we get hurt and we, we allow those hurts to, to keep us from being that influence that God wants us to, to be. I, I think about Joseph and I think about how, you know, he... You probably know the story about Joseph. He, God gave him a dream. And that dream was that, you know, that his brothers and sisters are going to bow down to him. And, of course, he told his dream. He may have been a little cocky over his dream, but his brothers hated him over that. He said, you're going to rule over us. You got to be very careful when God gives you a vision or when God reveals something great that he wants you to do. You got to be very careful who you tell. Amen. Because some people aren't going to like what? God said you're going to have a business and make money? Who do you think you are? Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, the enemy will try to, will try to put out the, the vision that God has placed in our lives. So be very careful. And so Joseph said, you know, I, I'm going to be ruling and reigning over you guys. Basically, that's what he was saying in his vision and his dreams. And his brothers hated him and, and set him up to be thrown into a pit. And then they sold him into slavery. And, and so, but, but what, what I love about this is that I don't believe that Joseph allowed, you know, uh, the offense to stay in him. I don't believe that, 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 that he didn't harbor the offense over that. And, and then, you know, he was at Potiphar's house and, you know, uh, the wife of, uh, of Potiphar was trying to make her move on him and he stayed pure, do, doing the right things. And so what happens? She gets angry and she accuses him of rape. Amen. He gets thrown into prison. But you know what the Bible keeps saying? God was with him. Amen. And I'm going to say this to you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what people are doing to you, God is with you and he will vindicate you when you walk in love. Do you believe that today? God is the vindicator. God, Bible says, leave room for the wrath of God. Leave room for God to move in that situation when somebody does you wrong. The Bible says, pray for those who despitefully Use you. Do good to those. Do good to those. Feed your enemies. Feed your enemies. Like I said, again, maybe we just need to feed them. And the end says, well, maybe they're not hungry. You know, I'm, who says they're hungry? You know, should we give them some food? I love Yen. But anyway, I said that you got a point there. <laughs> Maybe they're not hungry. But anyway, uh, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that, that, that whatever the world will tell you to do, the world will tell you to cut people off, to, to take them to court. The Bible even says if you've got a problem with somebody that's in the faith, in the household of faith, and they, and they did something wrong, that we shouldn't even take them to court. That we should try to work it out. Hello. Amen. And, and then Paul says, you're better off just being ripped off and walking in love and letting the world know that we can't even get along. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How will they know that we're Christians? By our love. I love that song. They will know we are Christians 
By our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And I don't know the rest of the song, but I think I got the tune. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Oh, man. That's how they know we're Christians. By our love. Amen. Glory to God. I think I had the anointing on that. (laughs) So what happens What happens when somebody does us down and dirty? What happens when somebody does us wrong? Well, I like to say that there's a mechanism in each one of us called the protection mechanism. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? It's called, I call it the protection mechanism. And that protection mechanism is a special mechanism that when somebody does you wrong, your walls go up. And so what we want to do is we want to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Oh, they're never going to do that to me again. That's never going to happen again. What we do is we we build walls of protection not to allow people to get close to us. And so when that happens, our power of influence gets diminished. Is that right? Because we're now we're not reaching out to people anymore. Now we're not trusting. You know, you, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, don't trust man, trust God. But we still got to give a little bit of measure of trusting people if we're going to deal with people. We still going to have to give. We're still going to have to think good of people regardless of who they are. The Bible says, think no evil. So we have to think positive of people that people are going to, you know, all, everybody's going to mess up and everybody's going to do wrong. But generally, I think people, even people that don't know God are trying to do the right things. Is that true? I, I, you know, they're trying. They're not trying to get in trouble. Amen. Uh, number two, we, we must uh, we're, we're going to lose the benefit of influence. And what we tend to do is in every relationship uh, that we we must from every relationship that I develop that. Oh, I don't even know what I said here. I must benefit. Okay, (laughs) it was going good. I must benefit. In other words, when we're hurt, uh, what we want to do, number two, is we, we, we make a decree to ourselves in every relationship. I must benefit. In other words, I'm not going to lose in any relationship. In other words, I got to have the upper hand in every relationship that I'm in. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We get people sometimes they come to our church and they and they've been hurt from another church and they're very standoffish when they come. And then they're just waiting for the pastor to mess up. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? Or they're waiting for somebody to sit in their seat. Or they're waiting to be offended. And they're saying, well, I'm just going to come in here and get what I can get out of it. But I'm not going to give anything out. But that's not that's not the type of life that we need to live. Now, when we come into a relationship, we shouldn't come into a relationship to see what we're going to get out of it. But what can we put into it? Well, as one famous president said, it's not what you can do for this country. It's what. No, I'm sorry. It's not what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. I got it right. All right. 
<laughs> Give me some grace this morning. It's not what, what your church can do for you, Pastor Dave, is what you can do for your church. Hallelujah. What, what are we doing? Are we seeing what's in it for us? Or are we contributors? Or are we just consumers? You know, I, you know another uh, truth that comes in, uh, you know, when we are hurt, uh, we want to uh, control the relationship. Have you ever thought about that? When you get hurt, you, you, you try to work it out where you're going to control everything. You can't control other people. You can't control what people are going to do. You can you can you can put rules down, but you can't make people follow rules. Hello. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You can try to set up some ground rules, but, you know, but people are people. A lot of times people are going to do what they want to do unless God moves on their hearts. You know, I was I was listening to this one minister and um, they they were in a. In a pickle, they were they were raising up money for an auditorium, and and they were in a place where you know the the uh, they they put some money on a place, and they were about ready to lose it, and they had the whole church congregation praying and praying that God would do a miracle with the finances, that God would do something uh, a miracle, and they were praying and. And this one lady, this poor lady, this is a, this is a, a Korean church in Korea, uh, uh, said, said to the pastor, I, I, I want to talk to the people. And the pastor said, I got real problems. Just sit down. <laughs> and she came back up and said, no, I really want to talk to the people. And she, and she came up and she said, you know, God, you know, we can't just pray. We got to do something. And she had this bowl that was, you know, she was a poor person and it was a kind of a beat up bowl and some chopsticks. And it was the only thing she really had that was of value to her. That's how she ate. And she said, I want to give God this. And it was just this beat up bowl with some chopsticks. And, and the pastor said, no, no, we can't take your bowl. And she said, oh, you're not going to take me. She said, you have to take it. And she started crying. And, and then he kind of, he just stepped back. He was kind of feeling bad that he didn't want to get up on the platform anyway because they were praying because they had real problems. And, um, and so all of a sudden, the anointing of God went into the room. And all of a sudden, everybody in the room started feeling the presence of God. And they all started crying in the presence of God. And that lady that gave that little bowl, then one person said, okay, and went up and said, I'm mortgaging my house. And people started giving everything that they had in the congregation. And they raised up that money all in one day. In other words, they were praying for God to do something, but they already had something that they had that they could do. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? What am I saying? I'm saying is God wants us to be an influence. God, you know, sometimes we're praying that God will do something and sometimes we have the ability that we can do it. And it met that need. They were able to build that, that church up. And that was David Youngie Cho. He, he, he pastors the, the world's largest church. Amen. Over a million people. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? But with God, all things are possible. Amen. So we got to understand this, that we can't control Everybody, we can't control them. Only God can influence people. And then, you know, our last key is that in every relationship, we, we just want to win. And you know what? There are some relationships that, that no matter what you do, you're going to be taken advantage of. Amen. There are some relationships that no matter what you do, but God will even the score. Do you believe that today? 
God will even the score no matter what. I, I, I heard this one minister said, you know, uh, he, would ha- he would have a, uh, a soup kitchen. And, he, and this one guy that lived under the bridge would come in and eat soup and bread. And he would do that every day. And some of these people would come into the church and they were able to disciple these people. But this guy, all he did was come in and eat and leave. Come in and eat and leave. And the pastor said, I'm tired of him just coming and eating and leaving. And he was praying about that. And the Lord says, sometimes you got to be a bridge for people to walk over for them to get to me. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Sometimes we need to be a bridge where somebody walks over to finally get to Jesus. And that guy finally ended up coming to the church, joining the church, going through their classes and becoming a productive Christian. Are you listening? In other words, we don't give up on people. No matter how much they use you, abuse you, how much, you know, no, we keep fighting for, we pray for them. We try to direct them into a a place where they can be productive in God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God is awesome. And so we, we need to learn that. I mean, when Jesus said, when somebody slaps your cheek, you turn the other cheek. That's, that's hard. That's hard. I was listening to this one minister and he was in, in uh, he was in college and um, he was reading his Bible. And um, this man came in and he was from another country. I don't know if he was Indian or whatever. And he said, do you believe that book? And the pastor said, yeah, I believe this book. He said, you believe everything in that book? He said, yeah, I believe it. And, 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 and but he wasn't a pastor at the time. He was just a Christian at the time. And the pastor was telling the story and he said, you do believe the book? He said, yeah. He was waiting for a theological question. Like, what's the question? And the guy went out and smacked him. (laughs) He smacked him across his face. And he's like, why'd you do that? Do you believe the book? Because the book says, turn the other cheek. And you know what he did? He turned his other cheek. I'm thinking, and most people will call that weakness. But no, that's meekness. And then the the guy said, you must really believe the Bible. (laughs) People are getting persecuted for for Christianity all over the world. People are dying for their faith. People are not recanting the Lord. They're dying as martyrs right now all over the world. They love God. How many people love God in here? So I'm going to say this, that that people will disappoint us at times. You you don't have to expect it. Your your spouse is going to disappoint you every once in a while. Hello, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Your kids are going to disappoint you every once in a while. Your your co-workers are going to disappoint. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You know, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, we, we can talk about Peter and, and, and Peter probably was the disciple that probably messed up more than any other of the other disciples. He was the one that did more. You know, I, I like what my dad says. Him, he that makes no mistakes does nothing. You know, so, so if, you don't, if you don't do anything, you can't make any mistakes, right? But, but, but if you do something, you're probably going to make some mistakes. And I like what there was a time in Matthew 14, 25 to 31, where Jesus... Uh, you know, sent the disciples out uh, on the boat. And all of a sudden it was it was three o'clock in the morning. Uh, they were rowing. They couldn't get back to shore. And Jesus needed to do something. So he got out and he walked on the water. And what was interesting about this was that Peter, they thought they saw they thought it was a ghost. 
And Peter recognized it as being Jesus and said, Jesus, if that be you, allow me to walk on the water. And so he, so Jesus said, come. What else could Jesus do, right? And so he got out of the boat and the Bible said, Peter walked on the water. And that's something awesome because he he was he was believing Jesus. But the Bible said that the wind and the waves got boisterous and Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and put his eyes on the wind and the waves. That's that's like what we do at times. We, we were believing God. We're standing in faith. We're standing on the scriptures that our kids, that our whole family is going to be saved. And then we see that our our our. our, our, our Children are not acting right. And we're thinking, is anything possible? All things are possible. And we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And Peter lost his focus and he started sinking. And he said, thank God for mercy. That's what I like to say. And he, he cried out to Jesus and Jesus took his hand and they were immediately on the boat. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? Jesus, was, I believe, was he was a little disappointed that, that they didn't walk back together to the boat. I think he did something good. He, he did stay afloat for a couple minutes. Amen. Amen. He did something more than the other disciples, but he doubted. And, and Jesus hated fear. Jesus couldn't stand doubt and unbelief. Because what? That hinders the promises of God in our life. We got to believe. We got to be believing believers. I want to say this, that we all make mistakes at times. We're we're all going to make mistakes. And and Peter, I, I like this story about Peter because, you know, Jesus was with his disciples and he says, who do you say, who do men say that I am? And, and Peter stood up and said, you are the son of God. You're the Messiah. And, and Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so what Jesus was saying upon the truth that Jesus is the son of God, that's what he was saying. That's the pinnacle that Jesus is the risen Lord. He's the savior of the world. Upon that truth, he's going to build the church. Amen. He wasn't building the church on Peter, per se. That's a whole nother teaching. But but as we as we see this at Peter, I think got a little cocky. And I think he started walking and he's like, man, he's swashbuckling. You know what I'm talking about? And he's walking with Jesus. And Jesus said, now, guys, I'm going to go to the cross. They're going to beat me. And, uh, and, 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 you know, they're going to, uh, I'm going to die on the cross. And, and, and Peter starts rebuking Jesus. Jesus, no way you can't do this. You can't do this, you know, and started rebuking Jesus. Think about that. Don't rebuke Jesus. <laughs> don't read the Bible and rebuke what you're reading. Amen. Oh, I don't I'm not going to receive that. No, no, no. He started rebuking Jesus and said that Jesus, you can't do this. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Man, Peter was up one. I'm telling you, you can be up one moment and down on your face the next. <laughs> I'm telling you, pride comes before the fall, right? And so, so what did he do? He said, sit in front of everybody. 
I mean, that, it was the other disciples around. And Peter was rebuking Jesus in front of everybody. So Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Think about that. So we all mess up. In other words, every once in a while, your spouse is going to be Satan. No, we won't go there. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Every once in a while, we're going to yield to the, wrong, the spirit of anger. Every once in a while, we're going to yield to a wrong spirit that's going to cause us not to be a great influence. So we need to understand that, that people uh, uh, will, will make mistakes. And, pe- you know, people are selfish at times. I, I don't think we're, we're selfish all the time. I don't think I'm selfish all the time. My wife might beg the differ, but you, uh, uh, I don't think I'm selfish all the time. I, 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 you know, there are times that, 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 we are, that I'm benevolent, There's, there, but at times we can, be, we can be selfish. Remember in Mark 14, 37, Peter he, 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 and the other disciples, they were in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. And Jesus was at his lowest point in his entire life in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's when he was, he said he, he almost felt death coming in on him. He was distraught, the Bible says. To think about this, Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, still had flesh. He still, he still had that man part of him that, that, that had feelings and emotions. And he was like, he was dealing with all this. And he, and he took his three disciples, his inner circle disciples, his closest friends. And he took James, John and Peter. And he said, watch for me with what? Just one hour. Watch with me as I pray. And he moved and he started praying and he's under great duress. The Bible says he's dropping as sweats of blood coming off of him. He, he is really, he's dealing with it. And he goes back to his disciples for some comfort and they're sleeping. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They're crashing out. And, 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 so, and so at those times, you know, at those times when people aren't there when we need them to be. They're, 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 people can be selfish. Sometimes they don't follow through. Sometimes they don't do everything right. But Jesus still didn't give up on his disciples. Jesus was still with them, knowing that, that we all have weaknesses. And there's going to be some people that you're going to have some relationships. I call them seasonal people that they're only going to be in your life for a season. As a Christian, as a pastor, uh, you know, and I know there's people in a church. Some of them are in the military and some of them. I already know one couple that's going to be moving away pretty soon. No. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? There's going to be people. You don't want them to leave. Going, but and then there's going to be people that just that 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 that, that have a problem or an issue and, and you can't reconcile it. And sometimes you're just going to have to let them go. Amen. You can't keep everybody. Some people are just going to abandon you. Some people are going to betray you. Glory to God. Yo, yo, Judas abandoned and betrayed Jesus. I'm sure Jesus was doing everything he could and trying to get Judas turned around. You know, when, when, when Judas, he knew Judas was stealing from the money box and he started preaching a sermon. Well, if your hand causes it to sin, and I'm sure he was looking at Judas. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter into, into you know, 
uh, heaven with one hand and then to hell with both hands and your entire body. Are you listening? I'm sure that Jesus was trying to bring uh, Judas into a place where he would put down his sin and start, you know, serving the son. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so and so there's going to be people that, that are going to forsake you. You know, I think about Peter and Peter forsook Jesus and, 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 and he, he followed after Jesus into the place. And, and then, you know, that little girl said, aren't you, aren't, weren't you with, aren't you one of the disciples? And Peter said, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not part of the disciples. And then, then it was three times that he was questioned. He said, I know you're a Galilean. You talk like them. And he started cursing, the Bible said. He's, he's in Mark 14, 71, it says, Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And the Bible says in another translation, as he was saying that Jesus, they took Jesus out, and both his eyes and Jesus' eyes met as he was saying, I don't know the man. Think about that. You know, I talked about last week that if you deny Christ, he will deny you. I talked about that, but I think I believe that that's when you don't have any pressure on you. And that's when you're not under all this pressure It's you're denying Christ with no pressure. And you've denied him over and over and over and over and over again when the Holy Spirit's trying to draw you back. And you just keep saying no, no and no and no. But this was under extreme pressure in Peter's life. And I believe that God allows for things sometimes when we're under that pressure because we know he did because Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I have risen. Think about that. And then, of course, the third time that Jesus saw his disciples, you know, Peter was out there trying to fish and and God, Jesus already called him a fisher of men. And he was trying to go back to his old occupation and he couldn't catch anything. And, and Jesus was out on the shore and, 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 and or on the beach and they were out on the shore. And, and, and Jesus said, uh, children, have you caught anything? And they said nothing. And Jesus said, take your net and throw it over to the right end. And they caught a haul. And John perceived it was Jesus and said, that's Jesus. Peter didn't even pick up on it. Peter jumped out of the boat, started running towards Jesus. And, and Jesus had a fire and have, had, had already food being prepared for them for breakfast. And Jesus said to Peter, do you love me more than they? Do you love me more than they? Will God ever ask us? Do we love him? We always hear messages that God loves us. But do we ever get hear a message? Do we love God? Ooh, that's that's a good that's a good good question to ask yourself. But Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he, he said, if you and, and he said, yes, Lord, I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. And then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. And, 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 th- and this is interesting that that love equated to serving people. Think about that. When we say that we love God, it's all connected to us serving one another. I could drop the mic right now. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And, and it was equated to uh, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. And he said, do you really love me? The third time. And, and Peter got exasperated. You know, you know, Jesus, you know all things. You know all things. And he said it again. Feed my sheep. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, don't go back to the fishing business anymore. You're in a new, you're in ministry. You're, you're now, you're a fisher of men. That old occupation doesn't work any longer. It doesn't fit any longer. Once we become a Christian, the world doesn't fit on us anymore. Once we become a Christian, it's, it, it doesn't feel good to go out there and sin. Once, once we be, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? I'm telling you, you know, this right here, this is my club. This is my party. This is where I'm, where I was born to be at in church. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? This is my party. We party down at Exceed Life Church on Sunday mornings. When we come out, we come out. Woo, glory to God. I want everybody walking out of here today. Woo, glory to God. God is good. Woo, woo, yeah. Are you here? So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you that Jesus doesn't give up. Jesus won't give up on you and he won't give up on us. Do you believe that today? And he's with us. You know, Jesus said he's with us until the ends of the age. The work he's begun in us, he will complete to the day of Christ. Most of us will give up on ourselves. Don't give up on yourself. No, don't don't, don't give up on others. No, keep stay in the fight. God's not through with you yet. He is still working. You are a masterpiece in progress. And he's preparing you to be a blessing to others. I'm going to say this. The greatest accomplishments, uh, the greatest accomplishments that we have is what we what we are enabled to do for others. Or my success is your success. I, I just want I want you to be successful. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to have blessed marriages. I want you to increase. I want the blessing on your life. And if you are walking in the blessing, I'm going to be blessed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's why I preach every Sunday morning to bring you up to that next level so you can be prosperous. And my, your prosperity is my prosperity. As we, as we go through our days and we go this week, understand you are an ambassador of God. You're called to be a positive influence, to touch people's lives. And the more you do that, you're going to see what God has called you to do is to be a blessing. And when you are a blessing, you're going to get blessed. And when we get to heaven, I'm telling you, we're storing up so many treasures in heaven. I'm telling you, it's going to be so awesome. We're going to be glad that we serve God down here. The devil will try to tell you, oh, it's not worth it. But when you get to heaven, it's going to be worth it. This one, I have, can I just finish with one story? This one man had, had a, a visitation of heaven. He was an elder in a church and uh, he went to heaven. And there were some people already in church that it was a large church uh, that already went to heaven before the church was established for many years. And, and he, he knew two of the people. And one of the person was a lady that 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 cleaned the church every, you know, he, she, she just cleaned the church. Nobody really paid attention to her. And she passed away and she had this beautiful mansion and it was gorgeous. And he noticed her mansion. But he noticed there was another guy in the church. He was kind of a, you know, he was kind of a prideful guy. He didn't do too much. And he had a mansion, but her, his mansion was smaller. <laughs> he had money. He had, he had prestige. He had what the world would say. He had it. 
But the lady that cleaned the church had a bigger mansion. <laughs> Why? Because there's degrees of rewards in heaven. Don't get me wrong. You're just going to be happy that you got there. You know, oh, God, I made it. <laughs> Thank God. Some people are thinking, oh, my God, I wasn't too sure I was going to make it. One person, one person was, in, was in heaven and these people were coming down from the elevator that was getting them to heaven from earth. And this one guy got out and said, thank God. He just kissed the ground because he must have lived pretty close to, to the world. You hear what I'm saying today? Amen. We don't want to live close to the world. We want to live close to God. We want to be so close to God. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that's mistaken for Jesus. In other words, I want to look so close to God. I want to look like God, act like God, talk like God to people who just say, man, you must be the Lord. No, it's the Lord in us. We radiate his glory. And as we spend time in his word, as we spend time in his fellowship and prayer, as we spend time fellowship with one another, we will start radiating the glory of God and we'll become an influence and we'll become attractable and people will be drawn to us and we'll be like the Pied Piper bringing people into church. Do you believe that today? Some of you don't realize it, but you are influencing people. You're going to be bringing some of the people into church, your co-workers, your neighbors, people you're in, uh, in, in relationship with in business. You're going, to, you're going to be such an influence. They're going to come in Amen. through you. you. Do you believe this today? Hallelujah. Amen. Did you receive it today? Yeah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. I thank you, Father. For this precious group here this morning, they are precious. Oh, Father God, I thank you for the people that's watching online, the precious people that are viewing this uh, service. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that, that you just desire to get your love to us. You, your number one desire is to fellowship with us and to bless us. And right now, if you have never made a decision for Jesus and you ready to make that decision, you ready for the love of God to come into your life, just pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart, say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.